Good morning, Real Life family. Let's open with prayer today, shall we? Father, I thank you for today, God, for your grace and your love, your beauty, your mercy, God, for your, for your never-ending care for us, God, for your provision. Jesus, today I pray that you will speak to us, God. Speak to me and speak through me. Speak to every person watching this right now, God. I pray today they would walk away and they would learn how to rest at your feet. And they would learn how to grow from simply being in your presence. Give us peace today, God. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, good morning, friends. I am... Happy to be with you today, to share with you today. So today, uh, when I'm filming this, it is raining outside. It's coming down really hard. You can hear it on the roof. You, you probably can't hear it on the audio because I've got this cool little mic clip to me. So you probably can't hear it on this video, but it is raining real good today. It's a little cold and balmy. And, and there's something that I hear often. I was thinking about this when people uh, experience this type of weather. Um, they, they, they often get sad or depressed about it because it ruins their plans for the day. Maybe they planned to go out and, and rake up the leaves this time of year, or maybe they want to go on a bike ride with their family after work, or maybe they wanted to go to the park with their dog and play fetch, or maybe they get stressed out driving the rain. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I have glasses. I can't see too good in the rain, and I struggle driving in the rain. And so I think about how often... Our plans might seem to not turn out the way we want them. And that is a, a, a perfect analogy for what we're learning today. Today we're going to learn about what happens when things don't seem to go the way we want them to. When we think we are moving along and moving in the right direction and going in the right way. And then we realize, oh man, I... I I was far off or my thinking wasn't where I thought it should be. And I want to let you know today that it's okay. So today we're going to learn about that. And we're going to learn how to rest at his feet. Today's memory verse is from Psalm 4610. So if you're looking at the notes, just mark that down. Memorize this verse this week. It is, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. That's powerful. That's powerful imagery right there. And we'll, we'll dive into that scripture a little bit more today, but we are going to embark on a journey into the realm of trusting God's plan, even when it diverts from our own. We all face these moments when life's uh, unexpected turns and twists and changes can cause anxiety. And, and so we need to learn to be like Martha. And, and you might be saying, what do you mean by that? So I want to tell you a story today um, uh, that comes from Luke chapter 28 through 42. So uh, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listening to what he said. So uh, I, I live in a family where we love to have guests. We love to host people. And I grew up um, uh, with my grandparents quite often be at their home and we would start cleaning and we would start organizing. We'd be cooking all day. We'd be uh, mowing the lawn and we'd be preparing things. And we just wanted our guests to be comfortable. We wanted them to feel special, to feel honored. And my grandparents are so good at that. My family just loves to make people feel loved. 
And I think that's a wonderful thing. And I love that, that Mary, she had a guest of honor and, and, and he is the ultimate guest of honor. Jesus was in her home. So she's running around and getting things done. And it, it makes me think of my grandma sometimes. You know, my grandma, uh, she's the type of person who doesn't sit still. She's constantly making sure everybody has what they need at dinner. She makes sure everybody has their plate before she has hers. If she notices your cup empty, she jumps up right away and she makes sure that she's, she's giving you some, some Diet Pepsi. That's, uh, you know, what we drink in that house, that we, uh, you have a full cup of Diet Pepsi uh, ready to go. She, if, if somebody says, oh, you know what, um, where's the salt? And they go to get up to get the salt or something else to put on their food. My grandma's like, no, I've got it. Even if she's only taking one bite of her food, she's running into the kitchen and grabbing what you need. That is just the type of person she is. And I think that is a wonderful person to be. And so I love this image of, of, of uh, Mary doing this. And I, um, I, I've been there before uh, in the same position as Martha, where my grandma's running around or my wife's running around or whatever, and I'm just kind of sitting and chilling, right? I'm just relaxing. And um, I typically help. That's the type of person I am. I love to cook. I love to be helpful, but there's been times and I've felt this sense of guilt around it. But here's the thing, and um, um, uh, you know, uh, this story that we're telling today from Scripture turns out a little bit differently. You know, I could imagine, uh, you know, what might be going through somebody's head, not my grandma, because my grandma's the most gracious person I've ever met, but I can think of how most people may respond to somebody who's just sitting there. I mean, think about it. If you have teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. You're working, you're working, you're getting things done. You're trying to clean the house. You're trying to prepare dinner. And your teenager is just sitting on the couch scrolling on TikTok or playing Fortnite or whatever. And that can be pretty frustrating. So naturally, something happens next. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that were made. And she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And then Jesus says this, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or only indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Now, today's message isn't about being uh, lazy or being over-encumbered with work and maybe you need to sit down and, 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 and quit doing so much. No, today is not that. That is not the spin I am putting on this sermon. That is not what I want you to get out of today's uh, story. But I want you to know three things today. And that first thing is, it, is that it's okay to be still. It is okay to be still. Sometimes we can get so caught up in life and going and going and doing and doing and running and running and, and we get just so overwhelmed. And, and you know, I think it is great to work hard, to put in the work, to see the results. I think that is amazing. And I think that is, is, is um, uh, uh, something that is really important. 
to go and make your life better, to provide for your family. But life can sometimes get our way, get in our way. And I want you to know that it is okay to be still. And sometimes to be still, some things need to happen. First, we may need to surrender our plans. And in scripture, uh, scripture reminds us in Proverbs 19.21 that many are the plans in a person's heart, but is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Listen, our plans might differ from what God intends. And surrendering our plans to him is like finding a peaceful harbor and a stormy sea. And, and, and I have felt this a lot lately where I'm like, I need to go, go, go and push, push, push. And, and, and something happens. I'm so worried about my plans. I want to do this my way. I want to do this uh, the right way. I want to put in the, you know, do all of this. And I'm not necessarily saying I need to step back and stop. But what I'm saying is I need to step back and realize God's plans are always better. And I need to be still and sit at his feet and listen to what he has to say. Because that is more important than anything else. And ultimately, what God wants is what I should want. And what God wants is better for me every time. Embracing stillness in his presence means releasing our grip on our own plans and trusting in his perfect design. Trust his plan. plan. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Reflecting on this verse reminds us that God works for the good of those who love him. Trusting in his sovereignty and his wisdom is like finding a guiding light in the darkness. His plans are greater and wiser than ours, providing comfort and assurance in moments when we don't know what to do. Be still, my friends. Be still, because here's the thing. He fights for you. Psalm 46.10 calls us to be still and know that he is God. And it is in the stillness that we find comfort in his unchanging and beautiful nature. It's like a, a rock in the middle of a, a stream that's rushing all around you. He will never move. He is your strong tower in the storm. When the winds blow, he will never fall. He will always prevail. And we can find comfort and peace in his unwavering character because he brings us stability. And he brings us reassurance, even when things seem unsure. The second thing I want to tell you today is that his plan is beautiful. He wants you to find peace in his plan. Because I, I think of something like Joseph adapting to God's plan. Joseph, who was the favorite, and Joseph, who had this beautiful coat his father gave him, and his father was going to honor him, and Joseph, who, was, who was, uh, had this life that was laid out before him, and it was taken from him, and the world beat at him, his brothers taking him, him being thrown in prison, and all of this happening. And then, as he is in prison, Pharaoh has these crazy dreams, right? And Pharaoh asks Joseph, because there's been these 
there's been these men, these jailers, who had their dreams interpreted by God through Joseph. And so Pharaoh calls him in and says, I've had these crazy dreams. There's been seven sick cows and seven healthy cows. And the, 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 the healthy cows came out of the river in this dream. And then the sick cows came out and they ate the fat of the healthy cows, but they were still ugly. And then I had dream involving wheat and, and, and good wheat and bad wheat. And I, I don't know what these things mean. And Joseph said, well, God knows what's going to happen. And God has given you two dreams because his decision is final. You're going to have seven years of, of prosperity. And then you're going to have seven years of famine. And God wants you, Pharaoh, to put somebody in charge to manage your nation so that you can survive that second seven years. So Pharaoh put Joseph in charge. And for seven years, they had prosperity and Joseph saved and saved and saved. And then for seven years of famine, they had an abundance from everything they saved. And then his brothers come, we know the story, and they don't recognize him. And then he forgives and blesses his family and he blesses the people. Here's the incredible thing, Joseph's plan changed but because he trusted in God's plan he was able to find peace with his family that he was estranged estranged from he found peace in this and that is beautiful God's plan is incredible and we can trust that he knows what he's doing just like Abraham trusted him in Genesis Abraham, who was going to take his son up to make a sacrifice. And God said, Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. I want you to sacrifice your son. He wanted Abraham to kill his son. And so Abraham trusts in God. And when he's going up and his servants say, hey, where's the sacrifice? He says, God will provide. And so Abraham takes his son up. And Abraham is trusting in God's plan and knows that God knows what he's doing. And I don't know if Abraham knew that God was not going to make him follow through. And I, I actually believe that he, he was trusting God so much that he was going to follow through. He was going to do it. He was going to sacrifice his own child. But then God called out and said, stop. And God brought in this perfect lamb, a substitution to, to, to take the pain, to take the death in his place. What a beautiful foreshadowing of Jesus. God knows what he's doing. And Abraham knew that God would provide. So he trusted. And we need to rest in God's timing and provision. Trusting in his timing and his provision can bring peace and comfort. We need to know that his timing is always right. You know, we often worry, and I know I've done this before, where I've said, God, when is this just going to happen? Or when is this going to end? Or whatever. And then I come out of it only to realize, man, God's timing was great. God's timing was perfect. And the third thing I want to talk to you about is that you can encounter comfort in the presence of our God. You can find 
refuge and prayer. I think about Jesus in Luke 22 in the garden. He's about to face something big and terrible. Jesus knows he's about to be arrested. He knows it is the time for him to be sacrificed. And he is praying and he is in anguish as he's praying in this garden. And he is there. And the Bible tells us, we talk about how Jesus uh, uh, prayed and called out to God. Um, But here's the thing. God gave Jesus strength and comfort. I know it's confusing because God is Jesus and Jesus is man, uh, and, and, but he is also God. And we, this, I know it's all confusing, but in that time, Jesus was in anguish and, and, and he was strengthened. God sent an angel to strengthen Jesus. Reflection and prayer can provide us comfort and guidance. We can find refuge in prayer. It deepens our connection with the Savior. It offers a strength when things are hard. You can also find peace in God's word. So in Isaiah 41.10, it says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. God's promises restores peace in our hearts. His words become a source of of comfort, like a gentle breeze on a hot summer day. We can rest in his word. It can bring a soothing peace that transcends all of our anxieties. And we can find joy. We can find peace and fellowship in worship. I love in Acts 2, 46, the early church They used to do something incredible. It says this, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And God added to their number daily those who were being saved when we spend time with others who are receiving the power and presence of God. It it lifts us up. Man, there are times when I, I'm feeling weary and tired or I'm feeling anxious and I spend time with other Christians and they speak. And I know, I know that I, I talk about my grandparents often, but they, they, they uh, were, were instrumental in teaching my faith. And last night I was having a conversation with my grandfather and um, he tells me this story about how he went to a doctor about a month ago and there was this young lady who, uh, who helped him out that was the nurse. And he, my grandpa's always praying for God to give him opportunities to listen to people. And, um, and so he's praying and, and she mentions her daughter and uh, how her daughter is struggling. And then, um, you know, my grandpa said he'd be praying for her. And, uh, and, and, and then la- uh, last week he returned to the same doctor's office and he wasn't helped by this nurse, but he was praying that God would give her an opportunity to check in with her. And as he's walking through the hallway, he sees her in another room and he waves and says, hey, how's your daughter doing? And she comes out and leans against the wall. And within two minutes, she's crying. And, and 
my grandpa, I kind of teased him a little bit when he told me this story. I said, Papa, you're always making strangers cry. And he says, he laughs and he says, I know, I know. He says, but you know, this, this world is hurting and people are hurting and they just need somebody to listen, somebody to be there with them and to be there for them. And there is something powerful about being in the presence of a believer who can be that person who can help provide comfort. Maybe it's just a listening ear, or maybe it's just a word that God has for you, or maybe it's sitting and having a meal with them. Because when we are with other believers and we're surrounding ourselves with other believers, God can move and God can do things in moments you don't expect. And so it is beautiful. My grandpa is always making these strangers cry, but that's because he is a believer and he is spending time and everywhere he goes, he is looking for somebody to have a significant conversation with. And it's not him just talking, it's him listening and then providing a few words of comfort. If you know my grandpa, you know he is a man, a few words. So I guess what I'm saying is we can find joy and peace and comfort and fellowship and worship. When we worship God and we spend time with other fellow members who are worshiping God, you can find peace. And here's the thing, my friends, we can be uncertain, we can have anxiety, and our plans can change, and our way our life can go can change, and maybe sometimes your life isn't going the way that you would expect, but we can find presence, and here's the ultimate point, at His feet. We can find presence, but we can find peace in God's presence. You know, we just need to let go and sit at his feet. Listen to him. Listen to what he's saying to us. You know, I, I've been praying about things lately and asking what God wants for me, from me in certain areas of my life. You know, I've been so certain and so sure of some things in my life. And now I'm praying and spending time with God and God's giving me signs and confirmations about changes he wants to make in my own life. And that can give me anxiety. But here's the thing. My wife shared this story with the worship team and last week. And, um, and it has spoke profoundly to me as I've prepared for this sermon because sometimes we just need to let go. We need to let go and we need to sit at his feet and find peace in him. And I pray that you do that today. So let's close in prayer. Father, I pray that today you would give us peace, God. Lord, that you would help us learn to trust in you and to trust in your plan and trust what you have for us. God, we, we know, we know you're all powerful. We know that you care for us, God. So Lord, be with us this week. In your holy name, amen.